Hello from your favorite Grasslands PR team. This week we're back with another reason why these overlooked and underappreciated ecosystems are objectively the best biome. I'm Rachel. I'm Alan. And I'm Nicole. <laughs> and today I have a very special uh, episode dedicated to Rachel. Oh, because... I <gasps> know. Oh, Wait, <laughs> this could be a lot of, a lot of directions. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't have to do any extra work, I promise. I just thought that you would appreciate that I'm doing a bird. Wow. Nice. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. And guess what? It's a big bird. Okay, okay. <laughs> so you're breaking all of your rules. <laughs> yes. That's great. Um, I was inspired because, uh, not sponsored, but on Disney+, Plus, <laughs> there was... <laughs> There was a what is it called? Boba Fett. Nope. <laughs> was it a Boba Fett? It was not a Boba Fett. Okay. It was not anything Star Wars. Was it, it Grogu? Can we say all these things? I don't know. No, um, we're, a, we're a podcast. Nobody mon- monitors these. There's no okay, podcast okay, algorithm okay. pulling our mm-hmm. audio saying, well, hold up, hold up, mm-hmm, copyright mm-hmm, claim. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> no, a documentary. That's what it's called. There was a documentary on this bird, uh-huh. and I was transfixed. I well, did not know that I did not know anything about this bird until I watched this hour-long documentary, and I was just, like, amazed. It's a big bird? It's a big bird. It's a it... big bird with a documentary about it. Not very many. This might be the only one that exists. Ooh, and maybe that's okay. why I don't know anything about it. Is yeah. it a walking bird or a flying bird? It's a walking bird. Is it a shoebill? Oh, yeah. It's not a shoebill. Shoebills are a flying bird. Yeah, but they're also like... They are a walk. Okay. Yeah. 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 When, I, when I picture a shoebill, I definitely picture them walking. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I've, I've but this bird... Seen, yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. <laughs> but this bird cannot fly. Oh. It is a ratite. Okay. Then big, big boys. Oh, man. Well, some, some of them are small, I guess. Yeah. No, nah, it's cassowaries, isn't it? It's cassowaries. It's totally You've cassowaries. named almost all of them. Ostrich. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so ostrich, rhea, cassowaries, emus. What's the last ratite? Kiwis? I said rheas. Wait. Wait, are kiwis a ratite? Kiwis, yeah. Kiwis. Oh, yeah? yeah. yeah. It's yeah, yeah. kiwis? Yeah, it's not kiwis. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait, so much Kiwis? I just wanted, since we okay. named all of them, uh-huh. I just wanted to get all of them out of the way. <laughs> so kiwis... we named all of them, but not the one you're talking about. No, we are. Oh, okay. Talking about one of those. <laughs> Calm down. This is a very, <laughs> really... We're talking about ostriches, okay? I, like I was just amazed that you guys named almost all the ratites. I was impressed. So I was just I seeing like if you could get the last birds. one. I mean, okay. look who you're talking to here. Yeah. You know? We're not, you know, I mean, you know. We're not schmucks. Yeah. Oh, okay. We know My bad. Ratites, okay? <laughs> Very impressive. Um, no, but kiwis, I would love to do a kiwi episode, but they do like very much live in forests. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. But they're very cute. Yeah. They got those nostrils all the way at the end of their be- uh, at the end of their bill. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's true. They're very round. But we're not talking about those. We're talking about ostriches. Yes. The biggest bird and um period. Yeah, yeah. just the biggest bird. The biggest extant bird. Yes, yes. good point, yes. Rachel. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wanted to talk about cuz they live in extremely tough environments to mm. say the least um they even live in deserts but they also live in a lot of grasslands throughout africa and i want to talk about the different ways that they overcome some of these harsh environments um specifically i want to talk about some of their reproductive strategies how they overcome water loss and then how they overcome the heat 
So those three things were the things that I thought were most interesting. I'm sure there's other things that are interesting about ostriches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But those are the ones I liked. I'm ready. I am also ready. Fantastic. When I open my mouth, feed me. <laughs> um, here come the facts. So you, I'm glad you're ready. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna make it a bird thing, but then yeah, I was like, no, I, I can't call you like my mom, or that would be also weird in a different way. Okay, anyway. You took it was already weird, <laughs> and now it's just getting weirder. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm... Sometimes well, you just gotta lean into the weird. Don't call it out. Okay, Alan. no, no, no. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. You know what? How about Feed we? Me mama bird. <laughs> Give there me the bird facts. <laughs> Shove them in my mouth. <laughs> Throw them up for me. <laughs> okay, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> I yeah. I take it. I take it all back. No more. No more. <laughs> this is definitely going on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely the promo. Okay. Yes. Yes. It's okay. the promo, and it's staying in the the episode yeah like yeah we'll see i'm editing this one so (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh um why don't we get back on track with an ostrich fact yes okay i is this okay first of all yes don't ostriches weigh like 300 pounds or something oh yeah you bet that's Mm -hmm. so weird to me yeah that is not how heavy birds are supposed to be it is it is not and yet um most birds i don't know (laughs) (laughs) like like the other uh, you know the other twelve thousand species of birds (laughs) that are 300 pounds no they are absolutely gigantic they especially the males can weigh up to 300 pounds they can be nine feet tall lord that's like three meters (laughs) that's like big blue stem it is yeah yeah, Absolutely angry. gigantic. <laughs> Very angry. <laughs> yes. Um, their feet, if you ever doubt that dinosaurs turned into birds, just look at an ostrich foot. They're Ooh. gnarly. Mm. Yes. Dinosaurs did not turn into birds. Oh, okay. Uh, dinosaurs <laughs> had a branch of animals, which included know. birds. And birds lived at the same time as a lot of dinosaurs. So, like, I was simplifying, of- so we didn't have to go into this whole thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Rachel. But thank you. You're thank welcome. You. You're thank welcome. you. I could sense it coming. This oh, like, were, as too. the words were leaving your mouth. I there were like... geese during the Cretaceous. Okay, that's like actual geese ancestors. Like, that's I just pretty need cool. You to know that yeah. it is pretty cool mm-hmm. because they were also dinosaurs at the same time as dinosaurs were being dinosaurs. Yeah, because they are dinosaurs. Because they are all dinosaurs. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Amazing. Anyway, thank go you. On. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> Let's talk reproductive strategies first, because this was what most of that documentary that I watched was about and what really like got me excited about ostriches, which is never a bird that I had a really strong interest in. Um, <laughs> like they are the largest bird. They lay the largest eggs at about five pounds. However, oh, what is God. interesting is that though that is actually the smallest egg in comparison to body size. Wow. Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. So their eggs are only about 3% of their body weight. Um, and kiwis, our yep. other ratite, yep, um, <laughs> laid the largest egg in comparison to their body size, which is about 16 to 20% of their weight. Just absolutely wild. Ratites Ooh, man. are weird. They're yeah. weird. Very weird. <laughs> yep. That's all that fun fact was, was just ratites are weird, basically. <laughs> um, but their reproductive strategies for ostriches are very, very unique. 
the there will be one male and he will lead a harem of females uh and there will be one hen major Ooh. one lead hen female ostrich who will sit on the nest and do pretty much all of the caretaking at least during the day for the entire harem yes oh okay so and what is interesting is that the other females will lay their eggs in that nest. So it's a shared nest, but only the hen major will sit on that nest. So very, very strange. It is on the ground, if anybody was wondering. They don't have a whole lot of uh, choice in the matter. They're very big birds. Um, and it, the nest is not very fancy. It's just kind of a scrape on the ground. But... It Do works. Dig it out a little bit, though, to kind yeah. of keep them all contained. Yeah, <laughs> because these nests can have a lot of eggs in them. Each female can lay, I want to, I think it's up to like 10 eggs. So that nest, oh, wow. yeah, that nest can have, you know, 30 eggs in it. Oh, wow. And it's not unusual for, you know, once all those eggs hatch, um, you just have a ton of little baby ostriches running around. It's 150 pounds of eggs. <laughs> it's a lot of omelet. Yeah. I don't know why I was thinking that they laid way fewer eggs. I yeah. think that's just maybe my brain assumes that larger animals always have fewer offspring. Yeah. Yeah. It's very unique. But part of, maybe part of the reason why we don't think of them as having very many offspring is because... Survival is extremely low mm. uh, for ostrich eggs and chicks, like extremely low. Even in captivity, it's very, very low. Uh, we just do not know how to take care of them appropriately. Even if you use incubators, still very, very low. Really? Where, mm -hmm. where do they fall in the like precocial altricial like thing because i'd imagine since they're like ground bird like they could probably come out like pretty like mm, ready to go yes with... but they still don't survive very well mm -mm. Hmm. yeah they come out pretty pretty much ready to go uh within so adult ostriches can run uh up to 45 miles an hour and those babies are keeping up with mom and dad i oh. want to say <laughs> within just a couple days nice wow um so moms yeah. and dad Yes, yes, moms and dad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. Like those, they do develop very, very quickly. It's just that the environment that they find themselves in is very, very harsh. So it's very hard to survive. Okay. So they're not getting accidentally stepped on by their parents. Because that's the not. first thing my mind went to. Mm -hmm. But okay. Well, good. in the documentary, there was um, sh shoving of babies. Oh, well, you um, got to shove the babies sometimes. Yeah, you yeah. got to. That's how you make them grow up strong, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like when you shove your plants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shove your baby birds. Yes, yes. Uh, I have a wait, hang on. Can yes. we back up to the captivity aspect? Because yes. that is shocking to me that we have a hard time getting them to survive even in captivity. Mm -hmm. Because that makes it seem like it's not just that the environment is har is harsh, but there's something about rearing them that's difficult. Is it the eggs that they're having a hard time getting to survive or is it both eggs and young? It's both eggs and young. Wow. And we'll mm. kind of, I don't want to get, I don't know exactly where that comes up, but I do have some notes specifically okay. on the captive stuff. So we'll get more into like the exact like percentages okay. in a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's, I want to say it's like, half of the eggs if you're lucky will hatch and then another half of those offspring will actually make it to like not even adulthood to like nine months is like wow. the cutoff for a lot of these um wow. studies mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's extremely low even in captivity huh. something that might be kind of 
influencing those facts is that I feel like when we think of captivity, we think of like a dog or a cat in a house with air conditioning. But a lot of times these are kept outside and they're still kept in very harsh environments. So they're kept in captivity in Africa or they're kept in captivity, um, you know, in fairly harsh places. Obviously. Like Montreal. Yeah. (laughs) Or like just really desert. A different kind of harsh environment. Yes. 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 Extra cold. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And like I said, we'll talk about temperature because – They also have just a a really narrow range of temperature that they can, like, thrive in. They can survive in really harsh temperatures, but they thrive Mm. in a very narrow range. Okay. So that is another reason why they have really really low success, even in captivity. So are they, like, are they just bad at thermoregulating? When they're young, they're very bad at thermoregulating. Um, And the babies, if you've never seen a baby ostrich, they're so. Are they stripy? They're they're like I think they're more like dotty. <laughs> oh, um, but they literally look like little baby hedgehogs. They're oh. so their feathers are like just like so <laughs> spiky and like what? messy and just weird looking. They're oh. so cute, little hedgehogs on stilts. I'm definitely <laughs> picturing emus, so now I need to look this up because that's little wild. Yes, I should have pulled up a picture for you guys, but yeah, but they're very cute. They're so. Let me cute. see. And even as adults, nope. like they keep that kind of messy feathers, but they instead of being spiky, they're more like fluffy. So they got a little spotted neck. Yeah, their faces do look very ostrichy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like look at that. Look at him. He's got a little ostrich face. They do have a weird face. No, it's not weird. It's perfect. <laughs> You're right. It's, it's, it is perfect. And yeah, my, I, I retract that okay. comment. Thank you. Thank you. So where in the reproductive strategy does the ostrich dancing come in? Yes. So males do a lot of dancing to impress the females. <laughs> it's very cute. They'll like jump and like throw their wings around and like wiggle their necks. And it's it's a whole thing. It's pretty great. Um, female ostriches just find that so, so sexy. The best dancer <laughs> will get a very lo- large harem um, and, you know... <laughs> Sorry, I was beautiful be dance. Ostrich yes. for a second there. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty in- impressive, especially I'm sure that that kind of dancing is very uh, like it's a lot of work. It's energetically expensive mm-hmm. um, when you're living yeah. in almost desert environments or in a desert. Uh, but they they gotta impress those ladies. Got to. I just want to make an observation real quick. Um, baby ostriches have strawberry blonde eyelashes. <laughs> that is Thank very you. adorable. They do have really pronounced eyelashes. They have big old eyeballs. You got to keep that sand out of your eyes. You That's know? true. Yeah. And you got to stay hydrated when you're throwing it back in the desert. Yes. Yes. Backtracking a little bit to this shared nest weird thing that they do. Yes. I couldn't find any studies backing this up, but according to the Disney uh, hour-long documentary that I watched, apparently this hen hen major will prioritize her own eggs over the eggs of the rest of the harem. Mm. So she will make sure that all of her eggs are in the center of the nest. She'll put the other eggs around hers. And then sometimes we'll even have little decoy eggs completely off the nest so that predators like jackals will go and eat those eggs and then leave and leave her eggs nice and safe. 
and the decoy eggs are just like some some lady someone else's she does not like, like yeah she's like eh, i don't like her <laughs> cindy uh, yeah. let's just stick her eggs on the outside <laughs> yeah so i don't know how true that is I there I did find studies showing that ostriches can identify their own eggs, so that that is an ability that they have. But I don't know if they necessarily prioritize them or like kick out decoy eggs because that's pretty cool. That is cool because ostrich eggs aren't patterned in any no. way, right? They're just white or like yeah. off, like eggshell color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So, I'm not entirely sure how they identify their own eggs, uh, but they are able to do that. Very cool. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did also find a very interesting fact from the San Diego Zoo website, and I'm just going to quote it. So when family groups of ostriches meet, they may challenge each other with short chases, and the winning adult pair takes all the chicks with them. <laughs> Wait. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they don't, Yeah. <laughs> They don't kill them. They just kidnap them. They fight and the winner keeps all of their kids. Yeah. <laughs> Why is this? That's the most insane shit I've ever heard. I know. Why? I don't know. What's, what's, the, benefit? what's the benefit of that? I don't know. What's even more wild let it happen too. <laughs> like the babies go along with it. Yeah. Uh, you win this. You win this one. Go along, kids. <laughs> just a quick little dance battle, we'll and try then try again later. It's yeah. a dance battle. I mean, it's mostly oh, just God. chasing. I wish it was a dance I, battle. I picture oh, it as a dance battle, so but it's probably not actually a dance battle. Um, but the more wild oh, part of this, I don't understand these creatures. <laughs> they're so weird. It just gets weirder. Just wait. Uh, but. Again, according to the San Diego Zoo, some of these nurseries can end up with 300 chicks. (laughs) (laughs) So the fastest ostrich ends up with... (laughs) What the hell? It's so dumb. I don't I understand. It. Oh man. I don't right. understand. Can they tell them all apart so they're like, oh uh, <gasps> Is it decoy is, babies? Yeah, like there's decoy say, eggs. It's like I have my babies in the middle and then all the other three are just to, to keep the jackets off mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Do, Wait, how do you, do you <laughs> think <laughs> Do you think that they're like ostrich wife is like <laughs> You don't have to win this one. We have 300 <laughs> kids. And the husband's just like, I gotta go fast. I gotta do this. <laughs> oh my god. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> okay. I don't understand. I don't understand either. Ooh, and it's I, so I, funny. It's so oh, funny. Oh man. In three hundred. Please stop. Okay. <laughs> babies to take care of you would have to move around so much to find enough food for all those things yeah, yeah. like yeah. Ooh, well it's please. a good thing most of them die then 
<laughs> oh, my stomach hurts. <laughs> oh, wow. God. Nicole, Whoa. this is already a great episode. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Hang okay. on, let me drink some water. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> and I, I had a uh, transition here, but I already ruined the surprise. But I'm just going to say it anyways because it's a good transition. With all of these intense parental care, they must have great survivors. What? <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! That was, a- <laughs> that was, that was really good, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. Amazing. Oh, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> With all of this intense parental care, they must have great survivability of chicks, right? Wrong, but I already ruined it. I so. mean, <laughs> yeah. I think we saw that coming. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's wild. It's just a really tough environment, you know. So they have extremely low survival rates of eggs and chicks, like I said. Um, one book that was simply called Ostrich. Mm-hmm. Okay, great title. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Quote, fewer than 10% of nests survive the nine-week period of laying and incubation. And of the surviving chicks, only 15% of those survive to one year of age. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so 15, uh, so out of all eggs laid, it's a 15%. No. No. Out of all eggs hatched, Hatched, it's it's 15%. 15%. Yeah, so even worse. (laughs) Dang, that's crazy. So even in captivity, nearly 50% of eggs failed to hatch and only about half. So again, yeah, so 50 and then 50 again reach four months of age. And this was based on a study in Europe. So it's even higher uh, mortality rates in other places like captive birds in uh, Austria. No, it's not. Australia? (laughs) Australia (laughs) is a good option. Or I was trying to say... Africa. There's too many A names. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, it's extremely, extremely low. Uh, whether it's because of the intense environment or just because we truly just don't have good husbandry of these birds. Like mm-hmm. we just we don't know how to even though they've been in captivity for a long time. Yeah. We just are very poor at keeping them alive. <laughs> Once they're adults, they live for a very long time and are very healthy. But getting them to that stage, very difficult. Well, wow. Because there is a small – there. I mean, there's a small market for ostrich eggs yeah. and meat, like, yeah. globally. Oh, yeah. People so you farm them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you'd think that people would be, like, you know, with, a fin- with an economic incentive, would yes. be, like, actually trying to, you know, really try to develop a way to – maximize chick survivability is do you know if even in like an ag- agricultural context is that still an issue it is yeah wow. so this huh. i didn't write down all of the different ones but i found a study just looking at captivity across the world basically mm-hmm. and yeah it's even in like farm settings it's extremely low wow that's, that's crazy. wild hmm. I um, don't understand. Is do they and they don't know why. So like I was going to ask you some um, options that were coming to mind, but we just don't know. Yeah, some of it is just improper husbandry. Some of it is, uh, yeah, we don't know. And like okay. I said, and that's even so. There's been studies where they try to, like, they literally take them and incubate them. So it's not like, uh you know, the the parents are doing a bad job. Like, mm-hmm. they have the best possible chance at life, and they're still just dying wow. for whatever reason. 
two questions. Yes. One, are they all fertilized? Uh, I don't, I'm assuming. Otherwise, yeah. I would imagine they would take them out of that pool. Yeah. Because yeah. it's easy to candle an egg it and is, see if it's yeah. fertilized. Okay. Second question. Do the chicks develop and they just like don't make it out of the egg? Uh, I'm not 100% sure on that one. I guess if that was the case, people would know that though. And yeah. they would be able to like intervene or something. Yeah. God, that's so weird. Okay. Huh. Yeah. I mean, and 50% and 50%, like 50% hatch rate, 50% survivability of chicks is much higher than in the wild, sure. but it's still very low. Yeah. yeah. Sure. When you can control the entire like process of raising yeah. them, like that's, that's insanely low. Yeah. That's yeah. a good point. Mm. Strange. Very strange. What a mysterious creature. Indeed. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's especially wild because, I mean, we know that people in these settings are trying their best. Like, it's not that yes. we're just bad husbandry. <clears throat> we're, it's not that there's universally bad husbandry on purpose. It's yeah. just that we don't have whatever information we're missing to make it good for them. Mm -hmm. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Cause like, yeah, like between people who obviously, whether they're raising them professionally or within zoo settings, like, like these people raise all sorts of en endangered birds yeah. very successfully mm -hmm. in captivity, but just not ostriches. So that's, yeah. that's strange and alarming. Mm -hmm. And I did find one study that looked at, uh, like if you have a very like fit, fit parents mm -hmm. that survivability does increase pretty significantly so it might be a matter of like we need to do more specific breeding to have like really fit parents so then you have fit offspring and then give you fit offspring and so on and so on but what makes yeah. a fit parent in this context though uh survivability <laughs> uh, what do you mean <laughs> like how how well are they able to uh thermoregulate how well are they able to survive uh you know a lack of water or things like that so oh. yeah it's in that specific study i think it was looking at uh temperature and ability to thermoregulate but yeah in adults mm -hmm. okay. so like birds that were able to thermoregulate very very well often had offspring that could also thermoregulate thermoregulate very very well mm -hmm. so yeah so is there like some bottleneck type event that happened and yeah. like sort of messed up ostrich genetics mm -hmm. so that they have all these congenital issues and just aren't surviving as well anymore? And yeah. I, I don't know. Hard to say. Hard to say. Yep. I imagine like, because like you said, this is a economically important topic. So you would think mm -hmm. there'd be more research on it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm not sure. But let's talk a little bit about how they thermoregulate and how they beat the heat. With so, their feathers. Yes. Feathers do help. <laughs> <laughs> so ostriches do breed year-round. However, temperature has a huge impact on the success of those offspring. So something that I thought was kind of interesting, like I'd never really thought about it, was how normal sized birds, little ones, can take advantage of like microclimates in their environment. So if it's hot, you dive underneath the bush, get some shade. Mm -hmm. uh, you could even, you know, dive into like a hole underground or something like that if you're really desperate. Ostriches can't do that. True. <laughs> they are just like in the heat all the time mm -hmm. or in the cold all the time. 
So how is it that they are thermoregulating? And a lot of that has to do with respiration. Lungs. Yes. (laughs) So (laughs) they have a very narrow range of temperatures, again, that is like ideal for them. The ideal temperature that has been found for ostriches is somewhere right around 20 degrees Celsius, which is 68 degrees Fahrenheit, which is also my ideal temp. So I get it. It's a good temp, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. (laughs) A five degree temp hotter, so up to about 77 degrees Fahrenheit or colder, so down to about 60 degrees Fahrenheit. Again, this is Celsius, so I know those aren't five degrees off of 70, but was found to reduce fertility in both sexes by 15% and 18%. So 15% if it's hotter, 18% if it's colder. So females laid fewer eggs and males produced fewer sperm if they came off of that ideal temperature of 20 degrees Celsius. Interesting. Yeah. I'm going to assume that in an African desert, it is not frequently 68 degrees. It is not. I imagine even in (laughs) savannas and grasslands. Yes, it is not. It's also not. Okay. It probably swings between night and day, like right past that temperature. It's probably 68 degrees for like five minutes. Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) It's it's, uh, pretty intense. So... They're, but they are very, very good at thermoregulating. It's just that that's like their ideal temperature. And so the body temperature of an ostrich can be maintained below 40 degrees, which is high. It's 104 degrees Fahrenheit. But that's even when outside temperatures are as high as 56 degrees Fahrenheit or 132 degrees Fahrenheit. And they can survive that easily with very little stress for more than six hours. So that's a pretty significant decrease, like as far as thermoregulation. It's still not at their ideal, but they are managing it fairly well. They are surviving it. They're just not thriving. Mm. Interesting. Yes. What unfortunate situation where the environment they live in is not ideally suited for their survival (laughs) yeah yeah right like that doesn't yeah Uh huh yeah and with these temperature changes of just again just five degrees either hotter or colder the hatching success was also affected with four to seven percent of eggs failing to hatch even when they were moved to an incubator. So they found that there was a bit of like a lag effect happening. So if the, you know, parents were experiencing this heat stress, they would lay the eggs in that heat stress. And even when the eggs were removed, they still had a lower hatching success rate. Because they were already heat stressed just from being out. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Which is absolutely wild. And this, I mean, 4 to 7% seems like a kind of small success rate difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, but combined with changes in egg-laying rates, this actually results in a total number of offspring decreasing by 28% with a 5-degree temp increase and 44% with a 5-degree decrease. Oh, wow. Yeah. So... Dang. So it's you, significant. Yeah. Yeah, it's really significant. And I mean, if you're talking about like potential climate warming scenarios that are going to go like 
five degrees Celsius or whatever, you know, then that's really not good for them. Yeah. (laughs) Because now their new normal is already going to be outside their ideal. And then it's still going to get hot just because they live in a harsh environment. So, yeah. Or even in like a non-harsh environment, like temperate environments are not suitable for them either and stuff. Like that's so wild. Mm -hmm. And this is not an animal you can just stick in a building and have them be okay in a barn. Like they're so huge. They need a ton of space and they need to be outside. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And it really, like, like you were saying, Alan, it, it kind of puts a really fine point of like, Oh, only two degrees. That's fine. But for these guys, that's not okay. Like that's significant and will affect their success a lot Hmm. (laughs) yeah Hmm. and like i said keep in mind so this study in particular was actually captive ostriches that were supplemented with water and food they're well taken care of uh and so these temperature changes are probably even more extreme on wild birds Mm. so yeah yeah that would make sense yeah gosh (laughs) so okay they're what, like, okay, why exactly don't they do well with the heat, though? Because you think, like, they're large-bodied. Mm-hmm. They're mostly bare-feathered, like, they're bare-legged, bare-necked. Yeah. yeah. Um, you'd think they would be able to, like, dump a lot of heat off their body. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, like, even though they have, like, those very what we describe as like fluffy feathers, like mm-hmm. they absolutely can ventilate those. And there's, yes. I'm sure, a lot of bare patches underneath those mm-hmm. feathers. Well, so again, the adults thermoregulate very well. Okay. okay. Um, the eggs really can't do yeah. much. Um, and then the babies cannot, they don't handle heat very well at all. Um, even in like the documentary, it was very pathetic. Um, <laughs> like the parents will sometimes like put their like wings out to give the baby shade and stuff like that. But within, you know, 24 hours, they need to find water for their babies And that is a very limited resource. Mm -hmm. And so it's those babies just can't tough it. The the adults can, but the babies can't. I'm just picturing some ostriches rolling up to a watering hole with a lot of predators and 300 babies. Yes. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) if you have 300, at least a couple of them will survive. That's true. Oh, yeah. It's a numbers so, game, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really do wonder if it's a, uh, you know, I take better care of my babies and I keep them closer and now I have all these decoys kind of thing. It's yeah. got to be it, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Like maybe, that's, maybe. That's got to be the benefit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can think of recognize their unmarked just eggshell eggs. Yes. Surely they can recognize their babies. Like most Surely. birds absolutely recognize their own young. Even. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately after hatching, so. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Absolutely wild. So I, I mentioned, I touched on this very, very briefly, but they primarily are thermoregulating through panting, through respiration. And just an absolutely wild fact that I found was that air velocity when they're panting may reach values as high as 20 meters a second. For comparison, humans only, if you're like really trying, can do 2.2 to 10 meters per second. So they're twice as good at breathing as we are. That's that's the okay. Hold on. Not, that's, not, that's not twice as good. <laughs> Wait, we're ten oh. to twenty. Yeah. Well, I'm very confused. 
I need help. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. The, you said that's the velocity. Yes. Not so, the volume. Not like not like a cubic meter. I have that too. Are you interested? Well, yeah. No. Sure. Yeah. Let's, okay. let's hear it. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, a it's kind of gross, but <laughs> the total volume of the respiratory system of a hundred kilogram ostrich is about fifteen liters. This, because I was very curious, mm. is determined by the volume of liquefied gelatin that would fill the system in dead birds. <laughs> okay. So, like, all the air sacs. Yeah. Everything. Okay. Yeah. They have huge air sacs. And for comparison, again. cubic meters. Yeah. Okay. Human lungs have a capacity of about six liters. Dang. So, they are much bigger. Yeah. Okay. So, they were breathing the... the Velocity. The wind speed, if yes. you will, yes. of their breath is 20 meters per second. Yes. Wow. Uh, I don't even... Uh, okay. They have, like, <laughs> standard bird lungs, though, right? They don't have, like, any weird physiological stuff going on besides just normal bird weird physiology. Yes, okay. I do believe so. Yeah. Do they ever consider just, like, breathing on their chicks a lot to, like, fan them? Wouldn't that be hot? So it's it's so. it is cooler than the ambient temperature. Mm -hmm. um, that's so they're panting and they're cooling that air as they're doing that, mm -hmm. um, primarily through their big long neck. Um, it kind of acts like a radiator mm -hmm. and it spreads out that heat. Uh, so the the air that they're breathing out is cooler than the ambient temperature. Okay. So maybe they should breathe on their chicks. Air condition their babies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, Amazing. Yeah. Wild. I now I'm wondering like how much of that velocity is because they're just birds that are that large, yeah. and how much of it is like abnormal, you know? Because like birds, birds breathing is very different from our breathing, and For so sure. like it makes sense to me that it would be faster. Yeah. And with that amount of volume, it's like, well, yeah, it would come out like. <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> for sure for sure um i don't know as far as like comparing like a robin's air velocity versus an ostrich and uh -huh. like com you know what's it called accounting for body size like how that yeah. changes i did find that accounting for body size ostriches actually have a much higher uh, metabolic rate okay. than a lot of other birds, which I thought was interesting. interesting. Especially That's... since they live in really harsh environments. You'd think you'd want a slower metabolic rate. Well, and but... they're not, you know, doing a lot of the really energetically costly things other birds do, like flying. Yeah. Um, so that that does seem unusual. Yeah. Like, unexpected to me. Yes. Yes, it does. Okay. I'm just trying to follow here. It's a lot. It's a lot. Well, no, it's not that it's a lot. It's just that I don't understand ostriches at all. And I... I don't uh, either, <laughs> even after hours of research. Yeah. I just don't get it. Yeah. Hmm. Why are they so bad at surviving? At least they're babies. <laughs> right. The adults no, are great no, no. at it. Just a strange, strange well, creature. You keep saying adults are great at it, but mm -hmm. like... Just being hotter despite their, oh, they're really good at thermoregulating as adults. It's like they're, mm. they're still losing fertility and unable yeah. to like actually take care of their offspring so that's yeah very i mean they're not that good <laughs> well i mean even humans if you are heat stressed like you like it's can't take care of your babies yeah well you can't take care of your babies <laughs> but your your fertility will lower oh okay like sperm count lowers in males that are heat stressed um and so 
yeah, that's very common. Um, it's just that I, I don't have like data on that. I don't have exact numbers and how it compares to ostriches, but okay. that's a very common phenomenon. Okay. So, yeah. So they're doing their best. Yeah. Yeah. Doing their best. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. What? <laughs> Say it, <laughs> Rachel. They considered lowering their testes out of their body. <laughs> well, hmm. I'm sure they would if they could. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> Is it worth detouring to like, you know how bird lungs work, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I do. Would you like bird lungs? Would, I mean, it's it is weird, and if yeah. you don't know how beard, bird lungs work, then the, it will probably shock and confuse you. So, yeah, yeah. is it worth if you have that like right now? <laughs> yeah, if you have like I I cannot explain it in a coherent way quickly. Mm-hmm. So if you can do that, you are more than welcome to, and I think that our listeners would love to hear it. They they're way more efficient than other lungs because. Uh, like with us, when we breathe in and out, mm-hmm. it's like a sac that's just filling and emptying. And that's, I think, how we imagine all lungs are. But with birds, they have this like entire bellows system of air sacs. And so the lung itself is just like a solid organ in their body. And the air moves through it in just one direction. So, yeah, it's it's super efficient and basically when they breathe in and out it's the air sacs that are moving the air and then they just pump the air straight through the lung and that makes it extremely efficient right it's like it's like it goes through the lung in one direction into more air sacs and then out the body so the air sacs have to breathe in and out twice in different parts of the body to get the air fully in and fully out of the body mm-hmm. but it's just continuously moving through the lung in one direction yeah, yeah. so every time they breathe in and out yes ex- inhale and exhale they're getting oxygen across the what do they call them Al- alveoli yeah. of yeah, their lungs all the little long bits yeah yeah it's just like a sponge just like it's like pushing air through it and bird they have like different bird different kinds of birds have different numbers of air sacs right like it's uh-huh. anywhere from like nine to like 20 or something plus like. yeah yeah and there's um air sacs at the back end and air sacs in the front end of the bird and they go into the bones like when you think about birds having hollow bones it's because yeah. their lungs are inside of their bones it's kind of crazy yeah but ostrich do ostriches have solid are they solid boned like a I was going to wonder that because, like, yeah, penguins sure. also have dense bones, so mm-hmm. they're solid. They do actually have hollow bones. Okay. Cool. so Interesting. Okay, or at least so. hollow femurs was specifically mentioned. Okay. Hollow femurs. That's cool. That makes yeah. sense. But, yeah. So they're hollow because their lungs are inside there. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. Their respiratory system's inside there. It's like how we have sinuses in our face, but they have sinuses throughout their entire body. Yeah. It's like if they get a respiratory infection – not only does their face swell up, but like their whole body would swell up. You know what I mean? Like that's, those are, that's equivalent. The sinuses in our face are equivalent to what's happening inside bird bones throughout their body. Okay. I never thought about it that way. And that is upsetting. (laughs) Yeah. That that bothers me. Um, (laughs) Huh. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Interesting. Well, because, okay, so uh, this, this is neither here nor there. But, like, sinuses also play a role for us in thermoregulation. Yeah, totally. Like, you know, it's, you know, passing passing air that we're breathing in through all those tight, you know, spaces covered in, you know, warm, moist membrane, mm-hmm. like, helps us regulate our body temperature. Yeah. 
Does that have any kind of similar effect for birds as they're like pumping air literally through their skeletal system? I'm sure it would. Yeah. yeah. It was mentioned specifically with ostriches that like even their air sacs help a little bit with thermal regulation. So mm-hmm. yeah. That makes sense. Because like, like you said, they're moist chambers of air moving that are moving through. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, that has cooling effects for sure. Definitely. It's good stuff. Yeah. I just want you guys to know that dinosaurs also have this. This is not just a bird trait. It is a dinosaur trait. It's a dinosaur trait, one of the reasons why these guys are dinosaurs. Also, things that are not technically dinosaurs also had air sacs, like pteranodons and pterosaurs. Hmm. So this is a pretty basic uh, cool reptile trait, you know, as in like the reptiles that are cooler than other reptiles. (laughs) Yes. Fair. Meaning, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Meaning dinosaurs and pteranodons, things that are cooler than snakes. Yeah, for sure. And lizards. Kind of a, I don't know why we're trashing uh, snakes and lizards, but yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you're right. They're very cool. They're all members of the same tree, you know? Uh-huh. That's right. Uh-huh. Aren't we all members of the same tree? Well, Well. Amazing. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Bird lungs are wild. They are. Uh, it's very fun. Like what are the, uh, what, what's the species of goose that uh, flies over the Himalayas? Is it like the bar, uh, bar-headed? Barnacle? Uh, no. Is there bar-headed? Bar-headed, maybe, yeah. Bar-headed, yeah. But they, like, these, they're geese that literally fly over the peak of Mount Everest. Yeah. yeah. Just full speed flying. Yeah. Because they have that, those cool lungs that, you know, it's not an issue for them, right? Yeah. Like. Hyper-efficient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the the coldness of the air doesn't bother them either because, yeah. you know, they're they're regulating it. So, yeah. 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 Whereas fun. we would. We would die for sure. Be dying. Yes. yes. At yeah, that we wouldn't altitude. be able to even pull the oxygen out of the air that thin. Nope. Ooh. Good stuff. <laughs> Way to go, Something birds. Like that. Birds are neat, man. <laughs> uh, but the last thing I wanted to cover was how good they are at just surviving without water or finding water in their environment to use. Again, I'm just going to start this out with a couple quick bashings on the San Diego Zoo's website. Um, bashings? Yes. Whoa, bashing the whoa, whoa. ostriches or bashing the Are zoo? Are you going after the San Diego Zoo? <laughs> Only their website. <laughs> Is this an and how... Department of Conservation thing? Yes! Oh, okay, <laughs> where okay, they okay. just throw out these facts with no citations. no citations. And I'm like, okay, I guess. <laughs> like the 300 babies could not find that anywhere else. Only the San Diego Zoo website. Oh, where did they get okay. that information from? I don't know. But they, one, San Diego Zoo website and a lot of other websites say that ostriches can just survive without water, which is cute, but not true. Hold on. <laughs> wow. Okay, go. Okay. Go ahead, yeah. yeah. So um, I feel like a lot of other places will like see information on websites yes. like the San Diego Zoo that's and then just the copy issue. it over without citing it or yes. looking for references or yes. anything. And that's the issue is we have like these weird fun facts that are really common that are just not facts at all and not even like like it's slightly based in reality which we'll talk about but like the reasoning behind it is they don't need you know a source of water right. because they eat so much vegetation they don't need free water yes. they're using metabolic water yeah right. and they're getting a lot of their water mm-hmm. from the stuff that they're eating which is fair but they do 100 percent need water <laughs> Yeah, but it's a known <laughs> yeah, it's a known right. fact. Like, freestanding water. Yeah, yeah, but well, they do. Okay, yeah, they need like they need a water source and they need to drink water. Yeah. Oh, okay. Don't yeah. we all? I mean, not all animals. Um, but my uromastix upstairs does not have water. Yeah. Well, but it gets metabolic water though. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's how his body works. All need that water. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Listeners, take a moment to drink some water. Yes. Oh, I'll drink some water. Yeah. I'll drink to that. <laughs> yeah. It's important. It is important. Exactly. You will die. You will Within die. Like Your sperm count days. will drop. <laughs> you will have poor reproductive success. Yes. So drink some water. I feel like men are very concerned about their sperm counts right now. So maybe that'll really hit your target yeah. audience. <laughs> 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 we see a lot of discourse about people's yes. sperm counts. Well, yes. Sure, yes. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> back to ostriches. Um, <laughs> another really wild thing that they just threw out on their website with no explanation whatsoever was, quote, they also have a special way of raising their body temperature on hot days to reduce water loss. What? They didn't explain anything about that. <laughs> they have a special way. Did, did they just get hot? Is that and it? then they just get water somehow. That's what the San Diego Zoo says. <laughs> San Diego Zoo, what is happening? They so, a, you just supervise your website. What was that? <laughs> That's the issue. That exact sentence was what again? They have a special way of raising their body temperature on hot days to reduce water loss. If it if it's a hot day, I don't think that they're raising their body temperature on purpose. Yeah. So right. I I looked into it because I was like, they have they had to have gotten this from somewhere, right? And they just like think? misinterpreted it. So I found a uh, paper that talked about dehydrated ostriches in high temp environments, um, and. While dehydrated ostriches will use less water when they're dehydrated versus a hydrated ostrich, I feel like that just kind of makes sense because uh-huh. if you're dehydrated, you have less water, less water. to use. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they will actually let their temp- temperature rise because, again, they're, they are very good at thermoregulating, but they will let their temperature rise above their normal, like, the normal levels that we know that they can keep their body temperature under. Mm-hmm. And this actually does help them preserve water. Okay. So a higher body temp means that it's closer to the ambient temperature and that will reduce your water loss as well as reducing heat gain from the environment. This is also okay. something that camels do. Okay. So it's it's much more nuanced mm-hmm. than um, the website said yeah, okay. But it is true-ish. Because, like, the, there's, like, uh, the if the difference, like, there's a smaller gradient between whatever yes. your temperature is outside, then you're not, like, there's not as much, like, evaporation happening? There's or... not as much evaporation, and you're also taking in less heat. It's kind of like right, if you're holding okay, an yeah, ice yeah. cube, your hand's going to get cold really, really fast. Whereas, like, if you're touching something that's only a little bit cold your hand's going to stay warmer. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because and of that how that works. Yeah. Conserves water because... Because it's lowering... They're, they're not res, res, respiring as much. So they're allowing that their oh, temperature okay. to increase. And that's when the, you're, you lose most of your water, at least ostriches do, lose most of their water through their respiration. Yeah. Makes sense, yeah. Um, they don't sweat. So oh, they're yeah. losing it mostly through respiration. Okay. So they're lowering their, lowering their respiration, increasing mm-hmm. their body heat, okay. but conserving water. 
that heavy makes breathers. Sense. Yeah, heavy breathers. So they're yeah by by not spending so much energy trying to get their body temperature down, yes. they're just not respiring as much and losing water that way. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That's well. That's really neat. It, it mm-hmm. seems like the website isn't like incorrect. It's just worded in a way that's very. It, obstructive to yes. understanding what's happening yes. well it's also kind of a non-fact yeah you know it's like <laughs> it you know it's like saying um yeah i don't know like prairie dogs have a special way of keeping their colony safe it's like well what is that special what's, way what's that yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> butterflies have a special way of you know migrating it's like yeah okay can we be more specific? Like, you know, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. no, mm-hmm. no hate to the San Diego Zoo. No. We wouldn't have condors without them. It's true. Yeah. They're yeah. great. They do a lot of good work, but I wish their ostrich page was better. <laughs> Terrific institution. <laughs> uh, but in general, like I said, ostriches do need very, very little water. And that is at least partially due to their very, very leafy diet. They can also use salt water, which is pretty unique wow. for animals in general, but yeah. I think especially birds. Uh, or no? I mean, there's a lot of birds that use salt water, okay. but yeah. I mean, it's still very uncommon. Okay. And especially for a land-based bird, like that's yeah. what surprises me. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of seabirds can do that, but yeah. why on earth would an ostrich be doing that? You yeah. Know? Yeah. They, they have a whole like continent of mostly grasslands they could be occupying without the need to <laughs> engage with salt water. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? But they do, there are some uh, populations that live in areas where there's salty lakes. So they're able to take advantage of those lakes. Cool. Well, there's other hot, like a lot of hot weather creatures are, uh, do have ways of like handling intense salinity. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about Bactrian camels being able to do that. Yes. Maybe it's just a really common feature that in like water scarce environments, uh, some of the water just ends up being saline. Yeah. Because it's very concentrated. Right. And you have to be able to use it because it's all you got. (laughs) Yeah. Hell, we even, oh. Uh, I can say hell, whatever. Okay. Hell, we even talked about <laughs> Mongolian toads being able to use salt water. Yeah. Which was crazy. Yeah. Like amphibians? What? Okay. Wild. Yeah. Wild. Huh. Okay. Well, that's cool. Wait, yeah. what is the yes. range of ostriches? I really casually said they had a whole continent of grasslands, but I don't know if they're actually in the entire continent's worth of grasslands. Quite a bit of it is occupied by ostriches, but it's mostly like the extra tough grasslands so like the like beautiful lush savannas that we often think of mm-hmm. they're not really there like they are <laughs> but they're not <laughs> they're really in the like short grass really dry uh grasslands and then also like i said in the deserts as well so like up around the sahara there's like a couple bands of grasslands yeah. on either side of that and, yeah like the okay. southern half of that and then also i believe in south africa as well okay and there are actually two species of ostriches what? yeah no one talks about this <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> there are two species and there's the somali ostrich which actually has like a blue neck. So it's also called like the blue necked ostrich, which I've definitely seen pictures of. And I was like, why does the ostrich have a blue neck? I don't know. And just like moved on. (laughs) Um, But it's a whole different species. Okay. And then there's the common ostrich, which is the one that's always in all the documentaries. So it's the blue necked ostrich, the Somali ostrich. Does it have like black and white feathers too? Oh, it it does. does. Yeah. So the main difference is literally that it has a blue neck and like blue feet. So so it's very weird. Otherwise, very similar uh, life histories, very similar appearance. 
Um, and only recently, I think maybe 2014, did we do genetic testing and realize it was a separate species. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. They, I imagine they're geographically separated. They are. Okay. The Somali ostrich is in Somalia. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. I wanted to talk just a little bit more about like their water and how they process salt and that kind of good stuff. Mm-hmm. I found a quite old paper from 1967 that found they could drink up to like 20% seawater in their water and be totally fine, be able to process it. They actually get rid of that extra salt through um, glands in their nose. Okay. So they have nice salty snot. Like a seagull. Yes. Yes. Seagull, like a scoter. (laughs) Yeah. Like a Euromastix. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Cool. And uh, they will migrate to find food over migrating to find water so Mm -hmm. like their limit their their limiting resource in their environment is their food and not their water okay it was found Mm -hmm. that ostriches can go nine days without water they do lose up to about 25% of their body weight when that happens. So it is detrimental to them, Okay, but they can survive it. Oof. Yeah. And to be clear, because of our conversation earlier with the San Diego Zoo website, yes. that's talking about freestanding water. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. they're obviously getting water, some water from vegetation and metabolism and yes. stuff. Yeah. Cool. And these, I say restricted because these were captive animals that were, they were held outside like in pens, but they were, they just were not allowed any freestanding water. Okay. Yeah. For but they days. had access to food. Yes. And Okay. Yeah. That is the bald-necked, bald-legged, big-eyed ostrich and all the fun facts that I liked about them. What They're a... very weird birds. <laughs> Yeah, a strange and beautiful creature. Yeah, it's so fun to learn about birds. Thanks, Nicole, for teaching us about the birds. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My favorite fact is that they steal each other's babies. That is an insane fact, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a bit wild. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And And at least the adults are good at surviving, even if the chicks aren't. Yeah. (laughs) What do they sound like? I'm just thinking of that TikTok I saw recently of a cassowary grunting where it was like, hur, 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 hur. like <laughs> cassowaries are so scary. Ostriches do make deep bellows, especially like the males. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. But I don't know like what their normal vocalizations are. Ooh. I know I've like heard it, but I can't yeah. bring it to mind. I'm gonna need to look this up. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'll look it up. <laughs> they make Hello? weird noises. Again, dinosaurs. That's a baby trill. That is a definite Jurassic Park noise, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if we need if we need if we if we need to uh bleep anything, we should use the boom. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. They make a very good case, uh or a very good reference for birds are dinosaurs yes yes this is 100%. bizarre <laughs> <laughs> i guess i just don't think about ostriches that much because yeah. you know i yeah. don't know but yes what a strange bird mm-hmm. i think ostriches and other like really i can't actually think of very many zoo birds that are that like well known or whatever mm-hmm. but i feel like they occupy almost a mythological space in our brains because we learned about them <laughs> as kids in that sort of context yes. right and so it's, you know, 
fun pulling them into reality and being like, oh, yeah. <laughs> wait, let's yeah. look at this as adults with adult brains and realize this thing exists and is super weird. Yeah. Indeed. I'm glad that you could come on this journey with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, yeah. <laughs> I watched that documentary uh, over Christmas break and I've just been thinking about ostriches ever since. So finally nice. got notes together. <laughs> nice. Good job, Nicole. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and good job, listeners, for sticking with us through this episode. <laughs> I hope you found it as entertaining as we did. The Best Biome is produced through our nonprofit that we started called Grassland Groupies, uh, which is dedicated to inspiring the conservation of grasslands. In our show notes, you can find all the ways to get a hold of us, contact us, stalk us on social media, including our TikTok account at Grasslands Rule, uh, text call or tweet any suggestions you have at us, your fan mail or your hate mail. I'm not like asking for hate mail, but it has been a while since we got that really fun one. So yeah. I don't know. if you have it in your heart to roast us, you know, feel free. Um, <laughs> if you enjoyed the show and want to support us, tell your friends about us uh, and leave a review for us on Podchaser, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. We couldn't do this without your support. Oh, we can leave reviews on Spotify now, huh? Yeah, that's why I added it. Oh, yeah. Okay, nice. forgot about that. I don't <laughs> use Spotify for podcasts. Uh, anyway, we'll see everybody again in two weeks. Bye. 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 Bye.